This episode of Guys Talking Sports is being brought to you by mybookie.ag, the safest place to play, the only place I take my action, the only place I trust. Visit mybookie.ag today. What's up, everybody? In this episode of Guys Talking Sports, we dive into the Eli Manning saga and his, his uh, benching to Geno uh, Smith. Uh, we discussed the college football uh, top four uh, for this week. Uh, Greg Shiano in Tennessee and uh, Coach Fisdale from Memphis Grizzlies getting relieved of duties. So make sure to tune in. Special information about this whole college football uh, head coach circuit and all the circuit stuff that's going on. So hope he comes back next week well, with some great information. Or it's probably just home chilling, not doing anything at all. But who knows? He's on the side. So we'll just go from there. Um, so Al, what's up? What's good, man? It's another Tuesday. Yes, yeah, it, it definitely is another Tuesday. And, you know, I'm ready to get this started. I know Earl probably trying to hunt Greg Schiano down. Oh, she was good. So, um, I hope he comes back with some more, some more critical information about what happened between him and them in Tennessee. So, he's our investigative reporter. Yes. <laughs> oh man! So, just when you thought you had uh, some craziness going on in the NFL and all throughout sports, man, we get hit with the bombshell that uh, Gino. My brother from another mother, my my fellow alum from West Virginia, is getting the start for the New York Football Giants, and it's a garden all up in the uproar now because Eli is not starting and that bum Gino is playing. At least that's what all the fans in New York and across the country are saying. And you know we've had our own internal debates with friends of ours as well about this whole situation. So I come to you. And I want to know what your take on the situation, you know, uh, from my understanding, the, the, the head coach and, uh, and the staff came to Eli and said, hey, you know, we understand you got the streak going on, but we also want to see the quarterbacks that we have on the roster, on the team and give them some run. We'd love for you to start so you don't break your, your streak, but we want to pull you out and get Geno some run. And he declined the option. So now Gino's the starter. So what's your take on the situation? I'm, I'm, I'm really going to say this. I, this is the first time in, you know, I can honestly say that a quarterback has at least started for two teams in the same city. Um, you won't get, hear that from any other spot. Gino Smith started, will be starting for the New York Giants. And he started for the New York Jets. So it's kind of rare to see this happening. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, it makes me wonder a couple of things. Um, no, I, you know, I understand, you know, the reason why they brought Gino in. Um, I understand why Gino stayed in New York. But, you know, with the whole thing with Eli, 
Um, gotta, I gotta, gotta feel sorry for him in, to an extent. Um, because, you know, it is not his fault per se. Um, the reason why the team is the way they are right now. Um, I can't even, you know, basically what you're telling me is that you're blaming Eli for the problems that you have with your offensive line. That to me is what it kind of sounds like. Is I mean, to be honest, because Eli is not the real issue here. Um, and I think we, we see a theme, a pattern of people, you know, um, getting blamed for stuff that they haven't done. Um, and we'll talk about the Memphis coach as well um, somewhere down the road. But um, as far as Eli Manning is concerned, I think that, you know, they're in a position right now that the Giants really are saying that, you know what, um, there's no reason for us to try to win any more games, it seems like. Um, let's just play for the, lot of the, the draft, and let's see what we can utilize what's out there um, with the team that we have, with the players, with the roster that we have. So, um, I kind of feel bad, for, you know, because truth be told, you know, how come this hasn't been done previously when the Giants were, I mean, I know there was a time when the Giants had a similar record to this, where they could have easily just shut it down. Um, why give this, well, I mean, why now? I guess this is my question. You know, still see what, you know, Eli can bring to the table, whether it's a win or not. And, you know, then he reevaluate, but to do it now kind of like, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, management has a decision to make. They made the decision. You know, I know fans is, you know, it's like, why? Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, I really think that, you know, Eli should have at least played this out, at least through the rest of the season. Then if you want to have a conversation, to be honest, Eli's been there f- doing everything that you wanted him to do for the past 13 years. I think it's probably 14. 14? Yeah, all right. 13 plus years. Yeah. 13, 14 years. Um, to do it like this, I think, is more of an issue, if anything. Like not having to sit down face-to-face, talk to him, or, you know, just do this after the season, I think. Would probably would have been a little bit better. Probably would have been a little bit, you know, would have been handled the proper way. Um, but they chose to do it this way. So we'll see the outcome. We'll see the result. We'll see how this plans out. Um, but I really don't think fans is too happy about it. Or at least I could say for a fact that Eli fans may not be happy about this, about this, but eventually the Giants are going to have to move along and move along and see what they have. Um, but I really think that they could have done it a better way than what they've done. I mean, it could have been handled a little bit differently, I should say, if anything. Well, I mean, Eli, I mean, there's not so many quarterbacks ever in the NFL who's stolen for over 50,000 yards, uh, has over 100 wins, um, two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, granted, Eli is a great quarterback. Eli, in my opinion, the past few years hasn't been all that great. I mean, you stick with him because he is Eli Manning. He is that dude that won two Super Bowls. You know, he's he's a great quarterback. You just don't give up just because he hasn't been playing all that great. Um, 
It's not his fault, yes, that uh, the O-line is kind of horrible this year. It's not his fault that all his third and wide receivers have gone down and gotten hurt and agreed. Um, but it doesn't help that you got a whole line that's not that great and you got a QB that's left foot that's not very mobile. Um, this escapability is not that great. Never was really that great, but it, you know, it's not like it's year four Eli versus year 13 Eli. Year four Eli, Eli was, was able to do a little something to avoid a, to avoid a rush. This year, in the past few years, not so much. Um, I don't think it's wrong for the Giants to to take a look at the other QBs on their staff. I mean, they are eliminated from the playoffs. So no matter what they do, even if they win their last six games, they're not going to make the playoffs. Why not get the opportunity to see what the quarterbacks on their roster can do? I mean, it's not like what's what's the worst that you can happen? You could lose the, the last six games. You probably could lose the last six games with Eli. Um, the defense has played better, but even with the defense playing better, the offense is still sparring. And, I, you know, it has everything to do with the offensive line. There's no run game. So be it. There's a lot of teams that have a halfway decent offensive line and no run game and still manage to win games. You know, don't, not all teams have uh, standout wide receivers and tight ends to throw to but, you know, good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks make do with what they have, and they, they do something special. <laughs> now, you, you beat a Kansas City team, I think 9-6 or 12-9 or whatever it was. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get trounced by a lousy 49er team. And the 49ers suck. <laughs> and they came out there and got their tail whipped by the 49ers. I'm a 49ers fan, and they suck. <laughs> You know, I, I can't say that the Giants have quit. I don't think so. Defensively, I think they're still playing. Offensively, I think they try. But what the hell? What's the worst that you can? Have? What's the worst that you have? You find out that Geno's not that half bad of a QB if you're an opportunity. You find out that David Webb could possibly be your starter for the Giants, and then that'll determine whether or not the Giants need to move forward and go draft a QB uh, in the upcoming draft, or do they bring in a veteran to come in and replace uh, to replace Eli? Personally, I think the Giants should move on from Eli. Yes, he's 35, 36, you know, he'll probably be 36 either at the end of the season or going into next season. But um, it's only a handful of quarterbacks after the age of 35 that's still producing at a high level. I mean, Drew Brees, I mean, the, of course, the GOAT, Tom Brady. And there's been a few others that, you know, after the age of 35 have really still shined very far. But... I mean, time to let it go. If you don't see the offensive line getting any better, what's the point of keeping Eli back there if he can't try to, you know, if he has no sense of his capability? You know, his, his legs can't help him out, bail him out. So maybe it's this time to part, mutually part ways and put him in a situation where he has a better offensive line, maybe he has support this problem, and maybe he can help, with, help another organization win a championship somewhere else. You know, the rumors have it that he could possibly land in Jacksonville. And I think that would be a great opportunity for him. They have they have weapons. They have great receivers. They have an awesome offensive line. Give him the opportunity to go down there in some warm weather 
and really just show that he still has it would be great. And then it gives opportunity for the Giants to then move forward and possibly find their next great uh, QB, you know, and build on success moving forward. But if they suck in the for, 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 uh, for a few years, it happens. Every, every NFL team is going to suck. No team is going to sit there and stay great forever. But, I mean, Eli, Eli did great things for New York. And in my opinion, I think it's time for them to just mutually part ways. And part ways meaning Eli is gone, the GM is gone, and the coach is gone, everything. Just blow it up and start, start it. Well, I will say this. Um, I will say management definitely didn't do um, a service for them. Um, they really, you know, for, I mean, like you said, barring injuries, I don't even think that with their healthy players that they would have done, made a difference. Um, the old line right now, I, I, like, it's just it's been a very big disappointment. Um, yeah, and you're right, the defense have improved, but until they do something with the old line, doesn't matter if it's Geno or Eli or whoever at this point, it's just, they need to address that first and foremost. And I think that's what management should have done to begin with. Um, because all you're doing now is you're taking a person that's been to the Super Bowl and, you know, now how, look where we stand right now. You know, dude was crying when he was giving his, he was talking about being benched. You know, like, like I said, it, it just, it, I agree with you. At this particular point, there's no reason to try and mend fences. If this is how it's going to be, it's going to, this is how it's going to be. Um, but they need to do this properly as far as cutting ties with, with Eli because he has bought you championships. So don't act like, you know, he, for better terms, and like I said, he's a, he's a good, he's a great quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Probably one of the most clutch quarterbacks I've seen, um, in a while. So, you have to give him his credit that, you know, you have to give him his due. And I just hope that they handle it going forward. If they are going forward, they should handle it properly for him. That's all I can say about that. And, again, Eli, Hall of Fame career, he'll probably go into the Hall of Fame as a giant. But I think it's time to cut cut, uh, cut, ways, cut, uh, cut ties and just let him go on and, Going to sunset of his career, and you know, and just go from there. I think I think it'll be great for both. You know, it's I think that's what ultimately is going to happen. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's what that's what you got to love about the NFL. It's a it's a it's a great it's a great season, and and, and the off season is always uh, compelling and always has some great storylines. So I'll be looking forward to that as well. Definitely, definitely. So moving right along. We now know the, the new top four of the college playoff football rankings. And the top four teams are Clemson, number one, Auburn, number two, Oklahoma, number three, Wisconsin is number four, Alabama and Georgia is five, six, respectively, and Miami is sitting at number seven. So what is your take so far with this heading into uh, the, the, the conference championship week? To be honest, I would love to keep this team, these four teams in their mix. Me personally, um, I would love to see it mixed up because, truth be told, I would have been highly upset if Alabama was number four. Um, 
I, I, I think these are the top four teams that should be there. And if, you know, you know, if they all win their games, respectable games, I would love to see this match. This, this, I would love, I would really love to see this playoff series, um, between these four teams. I would love to see somebody new. Um, although Auburn, you know, is in there, but all in all with Wisconsin doing what they're doing and, you know, Clemson, um, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see something a little bit different than what we're used to seeing all the time. That's, that's easy what I'm saying. My point of that. Well, heading into the championship weekend, I have a strange feeling that Ohio State's going to beat Wisconsin. And Georgia is going to beat Auburn. And I think that's going to throw everything up into some strange chaos. I believe that Clemson will beat Miami and Oklahoma will beat TCU. And the only two constants I see is Clemson and Oklahoma. I think if Georgia beats Auburn, Georgia's in. And if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, that puts Alabama in. And unfortunately, that's not what I want to see. But in my gut, I think... The final four will be Clemson one, Oklahoma two, Georgia, Alabama three, Georgia four. Only because Alabama beat Georgia head to head. Yeah, no, I could, I, I could see that as well. Um, I don't want to see it, me personally, but you know, I, 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 I would not be surprised if it, if it happened that way. Yep, I don't want to see it either. Unfortunately. This, this is going to be the year that the Big Ten doesn't have a squad in there and, and the Pac-12. I think if, if it happens this way, two SEC teams, Big 12 and ACC, and if I had to call it, if, it, if it's one Clemson, two Oklahoma, three Alabama, four Georgia, I didn't think that uh, – I think Alabama will be Clemson, and I think I think it, I think it will be an Alabama Oklahoma championship. And who knows? But you know, I'm biased. I'm biased Big Twelve, so I would I would like to see Oklahoma win it. No, but, I, I to be honest, <laughs> you're not the only one. Not not for nothing, but I'm 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 so sick of Alabama. I mean, the whole SEC. To be honest, I'm just sick. Of. There needs to be more balance. Uh, I'm, I mean, like, I, I'm, I, I would love to see more balance. That's all I can say about that. I would love to see more balance because this whole thing of like having them there for like eight of the not past ten is almost. And I'm all, I'm always a big. I mean. Don't get me wrong. I'm always that person where after a while I get bored easily when it comes to seeing the same repetitive thing. Like whether it's Alabama in college football, whether it's Cleveland and Golden State in the NBA, whether it's these dominant teams, you know, I, I just love balance. I, you know, it's to see that all that just repetitive is just, it's crazy. It's sickening. That's, that's just my opinion on it. I'm sorry. I agree. 
I agree. It was refreshing to see Miami coming back and being the Canes that you yes. remember in the 90s. That was, that was great to see. Yes. Um, it was nice to see a resurgent Penn State. Um, it was nice to see all the battles in the Big 12. Uh, the Pac-12 was down, you know, yeah. but that was to be expected. But yeah. it was just nice to see a, a contingency of possibilities of coming up. But, of course, when the dust settles, Alabama is always going to be there. Clemson is now starting to become a, a factory that churns out. They don't, they don't, they don't retool. They're just reloading. Like the, the, the depth of talent that Clemson is starting to now build is getting on the same levels as Alabama, mm -hmm. where they'll constantly be considered one of the elite programs in the country, uh, along with Ohio State, um, along with the blue bloods of College football. Yeah. No, I yeah. agree with you. I agree with you on that. And it's 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 always refreshing when you can see some of these teams come back. I want to see the Floridas of the world come back. I want to see the Miamis come back to where it was. I want to see I want to see how Chip Kelly is going to do at UCLA. Uh, I think that's going to be awesome to see him back in college football. Um, and it was so compelling to see how things are going to uh, pan out. But it will be very interesting this weekend. Um, it will definitely uh, spark some serious debate when, on, on our next episode of Guys Talking Sports because the Final Four will be revealed and we could definitely start to dissect who we believe, even though I think, if, if I'm correct with my Final Four, who I think the overall Final Two will be. But we'll save that for, for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll be something we definitely will look forward to talking about. Um, and, of course, we have Earl bring in his usual uh, his usual information and expertise um, in regards to this. Correct, correct. Now, staying along with college football and the coaching carousel, we had to talk about our good old friend Greg Schiano and him being hired by Tennessee and then not being hired by Tennessee uh, because of the, out, out, uh, the uproar with him and the connection of the Sandusky situation up in Penn State. Um, I think it's horrible that, you know, he pretty much had that much backlash um, based off of hearsay and no real proven proof that he supposedly saw what reports or people are saying that he saw, which factual evidence claims that he didn't see. <laughs> And people took it to the to the extreme because he has the association of Penn State in uh, in that regard, and I think that's wrong. Um, I think that's very wrong. Just because just because he was there at a time when things were going on doesn't necessarily mean he's associated with the wrongdoing. But I mean, you're guilty by association. But before people get in the uproar of, and on Twitter and start protesting a certain hire. They should have did a lot more fact-checking and such before they go ahead and decide that they want to blackball this man and, and oust him of a job that he probably earned and was willing to, and, and, and not willing, but probably would have done an amazing job if he was hired in Tennessee. I think it was really sad. Um, I will say this. Um. I don't know for a fact, I mean, 
Was that really the only thing, the reasoning behind them not wanting Greg Ciano? I mean, not saying Tennessee, I'm saying, like, as far as the fans is concerned. Um, would it be, you know, is it maybe could have been they they prefer somebody else? I don't know. Um, but I will say this, you know, when they do hire somebody or when they eventually will hire somebody, don't get upset when, you know, if Craig Ciano gets another, because he will get another head coaching gig when it's all said and done. You can't be upset when, after it's all said and done, when Craig Ciano gets a new coaching gig, um, and there's a head coach somewhere, he does a better job with that team than whoever coach y'all get would be for y'all. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I, the whole protest thing, I, I didn't know, I just never seen it go to that extreme. Like, that was like really extreme. Like, I understand that, you know, Tennessee, the, you know, I, I, I'm very aware of what Tennessee is. I, I'm very aware of the fans. I'm very aware of how they are. But I think that was probably the first time I ever seen uh, literally fans protesting because of a person that was, it was about to choose to be the head coach of a football team. Um, I never really seen them. Never really seen anybody else do that. So, you know, I, I agree. That, and, I mean, let's go back now. Amid all of the scandal that was going on with Penn State, they hired uh, Franklin. And while he was at Vanderbilt, he supposedly didn't do the best disciplining in the world when he had players who were, you know, uh, allegedly raped uh, a college student on campus. Now, mind you, they all were found guilty, but he was able to escape everything that, you know, that went on with that. It went on to Penn State, like, you know, everything's all good, and you know, and he doesn't have a care in the world. Now, you would think that with all that type of uh, scandal and everything that's following him, that there would have been some sort of uproar at Penn State, but nah. They just looked at him as the, as the football coach and what he was doing. It was like, bring him on in. Now, mind you, of course, his first couple of years were kind of rocky, but he's got he wrote, he wrote, you know, he writing the shit now, but it's just crazy how you're talking about something that happened, gosh, over 10 years, over 15 years ago, or 20 years ago, I think, if I, if I read that article correctly, 20 years ago, about hearsay. And you're going to cause a man to not get a job, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I guarantee whoever hires this man, you know, with the tutelage that he got from uh, – the head coach at Ohio State, he's going to do an awesome job because he did an awesome job at Rutgers. You know, nobody wanted to give him the credit that he deserves from Rutgers. Uh, he took a, 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 a program that was pretty much a laughing stock of college football and made them respectable, made them at one point the number two ranked team in the nation back in 2006. He took a team that was nothing, had nothing, and went, went to one bowl game prior to him arriving at Rutgers, and that was the birthplace of college football. And they've been bowling ever since, since he's been there. And to deny him that opportunity to coach at Tennessee, it's awful, you know. But he's gonna, he's gonna go somewhere. He's gonna do very well. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And like you said, the knowledge he's gonna learn from Ohio State is just gonna make him just even more valuable. And there's gonna be teams out there that's gonna really look at him 
as the, you know, and their fans is going to be like, hey, look, if he's got that pedigree, you know, I would definitely would give him the opportunity. Um, like you said, it's, it's, we'll see how things progress going forward, but, you know, Tennessee, you know, they, the fans that are out there, you know, protesting, um, when it's all said and done, you know, probably half of them are not even like boosters or, you know, just fans, just average fans. And because of the backlash they got, you know, now, you know, their team is not going to be as good with the next. Co- they may not be as good when whoever coaches them going forward. So we'll, we'll see well, how that plays out. Well, Mike Gundy, uh, the coach of Oklahoma State, uh, had uh, it was interviewed, and Tennessee was willing to, to to make him one of the highest paid coaches in the SEC. But I just read that he has decided to stay at Oklahoma State. I guess he just did that to parlay some more money out of Oklahoma State, which is. Which is uh, all fair, love and war. You yeah, know? got no problem with that. <laughs> got no problem. With to leverage, leverage some more cash. By all means, go ahead and do it. And go no, ahead. I think what they're going to do is, I think they should just go after T. Martin. Uh, he was a QB that played at Tennessee after Peyton Manning, and he was the one that won a national championship with Homer uh, at Tennessee. He's now the offensive coordinator at USC and is regarded as the number two recruiter in the, in the country, I think they would behoove him to, uh, to go ahead and reach out to T. Martin and make him the next head coach. And, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? He doesn't live up to the expectations of Tennessee, and you, and you move on. And I, think it's a, I think it's an obvious choice, but, you know, they want to go for that splash. They want to go for that, that home run hire. I mean, if you can go after Shiano, Shiano doesn't have all the bells and whistles that, say, a gunny has, especially with the office that he runs at Oklahoma State. Why not give T. Martin an opportunity? I think he'd be a great coach. No, I agree with you on that. It, th- that would be the smart move. I just don't see Tennessee doing that. I Like you said, I think that they're really going for the flash, and I would not be surprised if they offer some person that has that type of flash a lot of money. Some assistant coach, you know, is going to probably get – uh, it's gonna, they're probably going to make an offer that make him one of the highest paid coaches just from, you know, just out of the name alone, out of the splash alone. I don't think they're going to be smart enough to do something like that. That would be conventional. I mean, it would be wise for them so that they can build the program up. But after all this, I just don't know what they're going to do at this stage. Well, you know, like you said, it's being smart and doing a knowledgeable thing versus doing – Something that's not smart is a lot of a lot of what these programs do, and that's college and pro respectively. You know what I'm saying? They don't always do the smart thing. They do the thing that they think will appease fans and ended up backfiring for them. So hopefully they will do the smart thing, give T. Martin his opportunity, and just go from there. I mean, what's like I said? What do you got to lose? <laughs> I mean, they hired uh, – the heck is his name? The coach at uh, FA, uh, FAU now. Uh, last Chance University. What's his name? Uh, it was the OC for Alabama last year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Right, I can't think of his name either. But hey, he was the coach of Tennessee at one point before he decided to leave and become the coach, I think, of the Raiders. And then he sucked with the Raiders. And then I think that's when he went back and became – uh, joined forces with Nick Saban in Alabama. So 
if it don't work out for him, you know, you give him three, four years. If it don't work, it don't work. But, I mean, Tennessee, ever since they fired Fulmer, the best coach that they had, they've been in the tailspin ever since. They just haven't been back to respectability since then. And, I mean, you reap what you sow. I mean. That's true. They'll, they'll, they'll be a decent SEC team until they find that right coach. And I think he is that right coach. But, like I said, stupid is what stupid does. And that's <laughs> Uh, well, sir, I know we're coming up on time, but uh, I figure we just touch on one last thing. But before we do that. Yes. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. You're talking about my man, my main group, uh, mybookie.ag? Yes, I am talking about mybookie.ag. Oh, yeah, man, because you know, you know, you know they, they always pay out. They're fast and reliable. It, you know, I wouldn't use anybody else but them myself personally, but. You know, that's because I love them. I hope you guys do too. Holiday cash. You need it, and I know where to get it. My bookie is the place to score some serious cash on your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. But while that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's a lot of football, basketball, hockey games you can score big on every day. Man up, or woman up, because we don't discriminate over here. Play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. It offers super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make the money betting the games, you gotta go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site guys talking sports recommend. We trust them. But you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to 50% bonus. Use promo code GUYSTALK to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag. Visit my bookie AG today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Now, the head coach, or the former head coach of the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, his name still to at the moment. Uh, Dave Tisdale, I believe. Let's let's go and uh, make sure we have the correct name. Because I would hate to, because <laughs> I would hate to not respect him. Like Grizz, like the Memphis Grizzlies did. <laughs> David Fisdale. Fisdale. There we go. David Fisdale. Now this is the same man that led Memphis into the playoffs last year, and they had a hell of a run. And because they're starting off kind of slow, they're 70-12, talking about he is not seeing eye-to-eye or bumping heads with uh, Marcus all. You know, I think that's a load of BS. I, I just think they're getting nervous, you know, because they feel as though they're 70-12. They're not in the, they're not in the top eight of who would be in the playoffs moving if the playoffs were starting tomorrow. I'm like, dude, it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> you played 19 games. So what? 
Give the man some time to write the shit. Well, you know, he still hasn't beaten Earl Watson's um, four or five game stick before they fired him. So, and that wasn't his fault. His fault either. <laughs> you know, but again, you know, that's 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 what happens when you got these impulse owners and think they thinking they got to bow down to the players. I'm like, come on, this dude won for you last year. Now, mind you, you're in the West. You were never going to come out of the West anyway. You should be happy that he guided y'all to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, that's real talk. <laughs> I, 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 okay, um, real quick. Um, I don't understand the, the reasoning. Well, the reasoning that they're saying behind the firing is because of the, you know, the disconnect between him and Marcus O. If that is the case, then, and if this is true, you're going to tell me that you're going to um, let go of a coach who basically took what he had in the Memphis Grizzlies, the team that lost uh, Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, you know, had a bunch of players that still was winning games. Like, you really going to tell me that you're going to choose Mark Casal? An aging Marcus all over him. Um, that is troubling. And to be honest, David Fisdale is probably going, he's going to get picked up somewhere. I mean, he has the pedigree where he can be more of a player development coach, where he can, as a head coach, he's going to take some, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. I blame the management. But then again, Memphis management is always doing this. The same Memphis management that fired Lionel Hollins, that fired um, Jaeger, um, then they was doing well. Um, Fisdale didn't do anything for me to deserve fire. You know, just because he benched Mark Gasol fourth quarter against my Brooklyn Nets, um, even though the, and the Nets won, the whole thing about it was is that David Fisdale is not a type of person that's just going to let a star walk, walk over him. No star player was going to, you know, walk all over him. You know, he's going to challenge everything that is out there. And if he feels as though it was the right move, it was the right move. Whether Gasol was happy or not, to me, was irrelevant. If you're not behind your coach, then what's to say? Like, he has done everything in these past couple of years to prove to me that he can coach. And now you had someone that was young enough to coach young talent, now gone. And truth be told, Marcus All is not going to be there forever. So when he goes, who's going to, you know, you had a player development coach that was there that was doing his best with, with others, with, with players not named Marcus All or Mike Conley, you know, and he was honest about it. It wasn't like, you know, he was honest about it. You may not like what he done, but he was honest about it. So I just never understood it. I don't agree with the firing, to be honest with you. Um, if that was the case, that was something that needed to be resolved between both him and Marcus Saul. And it seems though that it got to a point where it couldn't be resolved. And if it gets to a point where it couldn't be resolved, management should have took better preparations to handle it, maybe even possibly try and get something out of a trade for Marcus Saul, you know, plan for the future. But I digress. It's, you know, the fact is that they chose to stick with what they have. And like you said, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to advance in the, in the, in, in the West because the West is so loaded right now. Right. 
And I mean, go ahead. To me, it kind of kind of it reeks eerily of how Cleveland fired David Black. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's yes. I mean, to be honest, that's exactly what. I mean, you're right on. You're right on with that. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, he led you to a he led you to the finals. Okay, granted, you lost. Two of your star players at the time were hurt. LeBron still carried you and took it five games, five games, six games because Delhi, Delhi helped win too. You know, and then they start off. They weren't playing as badly as they were this year, record-wise. But you fired him, which to me is still kind of crazy. But David Tiz, you know, Fizdale, I mean, yes, okay, your team started 7-12. I mean, it's, uh, you go on a three, four-game win streak, next thing you know, you're, you're at 500. And the West isn't playing. There's no one team that's really out there playing great. I mean, Golden State is, you know, they're playing. They're, they're just, they're just sleepwalking. You know, they know they're talented, so they're going to lose. But outside of Golden State, there's no one real dominant team in the West. Everybody's still trying to learn how to play with one another. So why not just, just ride the wave? You know, if you don't make the playoffs, it's a loaded West. <laughs> you reevaluate, get the man another year. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought that. I mean, He's done what he could have done. Mike Conley hasn't been on the, in the, hasn't played majority of those times that they lost, you know, the, he hasn't played like at least 50, no, 75% of the games that you already played. Like, so you lost your star point guard majority of the time, so your record wasn't going to be as good to begin with anyway. Even with Marcus all there, you still lost Mike Conley because of his injuries. But what kills me about management is that you overpay and sign a player in Chanson Parsons with that big contract knowing that he's injury prone. Like, you blame other – and, again, I say this and I keep saying this. There should be a rule where if the coach gets fired, management needs to get fired too for some of the things that they've done. Like, that to me is the reason why you're in the position that you're in now. That's why you couldn't pay, you know, re-sign Zach Randolph, even though he's in Sacramento. You couldn't sign Vince, re-sign Vince Carter. He, you know, those are the type of things that management does with, in Memphis. Like, it's just, like, what makes you think that that's going to, what, the decision that you're making, what, what makes you think that it's going to be the right decision? Like, this whole thing, the firing of coaches, the mismanagement of, of, of funds. Like, you know, outside of Marcus Saul and Mike Conley, you really didn't have, you have other, these other players that's trying to get into this, that's trying to be in Memphis, that's trying to play for their head coach. And now seeing all this going on, what are they going to think about now? There's no chemistry there. If right. there people that was, you know, if they had players there that was all in for coach, you know, and then you fire him. What happens to your chemistry now? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I guess that's how some teams just never learn. I mean, sometimes you don't really realize how great you got it until you lost it. Yeah. Just like 
is I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Do I think Girardi should have got fired? No. Do you think I do you think he should have got relieved? No. I mean, he's there 10 years. He won a World Series with him. Uh, he took teams that shouldn't have made the playoffs to the playoffs. Uh, but the Yankees going to learn. They're going to learn that uh, you had a hell of a coach. And you he took a team that was one win away from going to the World Series that shouldn't have even been in the playoffs this season. And you decide to part ways with him. But again, what do we know? You know, we're just we're just three random guys sitting here just trying to do a podcast talking sports, and you got jokers out here that just do some of the dumbest and strangest things in the world. You just sit and scratch your head like, why? I but, agree with that. <laughs> but I mean, that's just, that's just who we are. You know what I'm saying? So is this is this crazy to you know to think that Fisdale, who brought a lot of life and a lot of energy to to Memphis, was passionate, loved the city. Love the fans, love the organization. Um, despite, despite getting the, the short end of the stick, gave a, a, a really heartfelt thank you to the organization, to the city of Memphis. You know, true class act, and he he got he got shafted. It's just he's gonna make a hell of a coach somewhere someday. <laughs> and yeah. Memphis is gonna sit there and just. What were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, if I'm any of the coaches out there that's right now looking for a coaching, I mean, like, even if it's an assistant, if I'm one of the teams that has an assistant coach vacancy, I would snatch them up with the quickness. You get them yeah. to board the program. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be eyed. You know, he's definitely going to be, uh, because there's some team out there that's going to sit there and say, I'm no, I'm just thinking that some coach is probably on the East. Some coach, some coach is going to underperform. They're going to let him play out through the rest of the season, and then they're going to bring him in, and he's just going to turn that squad around. You know, if I'm him, I would also look into college because he has that ability to probably take any team and make them into a, you know, I mean, I know his, his goal is probably coaching the NBA again, but I – I, I would definitely look at him if I'm a, like a college. I would reach out to see him, see if he's interested in doing college as well. Man, the college ain't bad, man. The pay is pretty good down in the Division One. I, I, I would make sure he <laughs> is probably one of the highest paid coaches out there because the thing about it is that I like about him is that number one, he's vocal and honest. So, and he will get into any player. So, you really want if he really wants some that that control where the players is not running the asylum. And he's running the asylum. He might want to look into the college, um, the college role. So, yeah, that's that's definitely an option. You know, there's plenty of solid D1 schools out there that would love to have him. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. He got options, and you know, because they let him go, they still got to pay him. So that's true too. That's true too. So he can wait it out. He can wait, definitely wait it out. Right, and he'll probably become an analyst. For- TNT, NBA channel, or, or ESPN. Somebody will snatch him up for the rest of the season. Yeah. CBS, somebody, and they'll go from there. So, he, I mean, he ain't pressed. He ain't hurting for money. That's for sure. That's for sure. That is true. That is true. Yeah, well. Well, sir, it's, it's, it seems as though that's a, it's about our time. Um, it's always a pleasure to, to sit down and have these discussions on a Tuesday evening and get to discuss the things that we actually love. So with that, you know, let folks know where they can reach out to you and 
Let them know they can share their opinions on what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. Uh, sure. You can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Uh, make sure you sit. You know, make sure you any questions. Hit me up. Feel free. Um, not on Instagram because I just take pictures, but on Twitter, definitely hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter. I definitely, I definitely will talk with you on Twitter. So hit me up and you know, show some love. Show some love. Yeah, definitely. I'm just on Twitter at uh, Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three. That's Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three. You know, hit us both up. Let us know if you love us, if you hate us, if you have no love hate at all. You know, <laughs> Let us know something. Let us know. You know, throw us some ideas or some topics. If there's something that we missed that was controversial or it's something that should have been discussed, you know, we'll definitely make up for it in the next podcast. Uh, so we definitely look forward to hearing from you guys out there. And just, you know, just give us a thumbs up, a like, and don't forget to, to find us on Google Podcasts or on SoundCloud or iTunes. You know, we're out there. Love your support. We just love you guys, and we really, truly appreciate you. Yes. Also, any sponsors, please feel free to reach out to us. We love to mention people on the air. We love to mention advertisements on the air as well. And we love my book. <laughs> we love my book. AG, and I think you guys should love them too. <laughs> With no further ado, Al, it's been a pleasure. As well. For next week, Earl will be back from assignment. You better have some juicy stuff for us. <laughs> Yeah, it better be good. <laughs> but thanks out to everybody. Shouts out to y'all. My love. Definitely, definitely. And I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If not, I hope at least it has some dirt. And if not, at least it has some deadly turkey. Something, something that's dirt. Cajun style, preferred. But I digress. You guys have a great night. It's been a pleasure. One love. Peace. Uh...